0: joining us here at A.G. Kolkata, We are the church with the open arms and we serve in the city of joy. It is our desire to reach out to those in need and to be instruments of effective change in a hurting world. If you would like to learn more about us, you can simply go to www.agcolcutta.org. We hope that you'll enjoy today's message.
1: no presence like God's presence and we are so thankful to God for giving us this opportunity this morning to come together. I know that I, you sat down but I'm going to request you to please stand one more time. We're going to read selective verses from Psalm 119. A few weeks back Pastor Ivan had reminded us that we are going to look at series of messages from Psalm 119. And one of the messages this morning is from Psalm 119. But I request you to go back home and read the entire Psalm 119. It will help us to dwell upon the thoughts that we hear in the messages, as well as also God begins to speak to us personally as we open the word of God. And so we're going to read selective verses. Let's read together. May your unfailing love come to me, Lord. Your salvation according to your promise. Remember your word to your servant, for you have given me hope. My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. Your hands made me and formed me. Give me understanding to learn your commands. All your commands are trustworthy. Help me, for I am being persecuted without cause. They almost wiped me from the earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. Your compassion, Lord, is great. Preserve my life according to your laws. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Kindly be seated in God's presence. Now how many of us will agree, please don't raise your hand, we live in a broken world and live among broken people. I'm sure that all of us will agree that. The fact is that some of us seated here this morning are among those broken people. Now we are broken and crushed because of something that has happened in the past or something that we are going through in the present. You see, friends, the question is, where do we turn to in our state of brokenness? My message entitled, God's Word Brings Us Comfort, is focused on answering that question. And as we have read selective verses from Psalm 119, we're going to dwell upon it this morning. You see, Psalm 119 is the longest psalm as well as the longest chapter in the Bible. Unlike most other psalms, the author did not include his name in the psalm. You know, my, many scholars are of, of the opinion that this psalm was written by King David. But as we read through Psalm 119, the psalm narrates different experiences of the psalmist and then it also enlightens us of his absolute dependence on God's word. Therefore, this morning I want to begin by looking at verses 49 and 50. If you are following me with your, in your, with your Bible that you have uh, either the digital one or the printed one, you can follow with me as we look at these verses. It says, remember your word to your servant, for you have given me hope. My comfort in my suffering, another word that is used in different translation is affliction, is this, your promise preserves my life. Now what the psalmist is saying here is, Believers do experience dark and discouraging times in life. You know, we may feel helpless at times, but we should never feel hopeless. In fact, the Apostle Paul put it a little differently. In Second Corinthians chapter 4, he says, We may be knocked down, but not knocked out. In these two verses that we read, we are introduced to three things. First of all, we are introduced to the reality, affliction and suffering of life which will come to us as we live this life. But even as he mentions about the suffering and affliction as a reality, he also mentions the invitation that is there to hope in God And then finally the third thing that he reminds us is the strength that we find in those times of suffering and affliction and that is comfort in God's word. So I want to look at three ways God's word brings us comfort this morning. First of all, God's word brings us comfort in our problem. You see friends, one of the biggest lie we believers buy into is the thinking that the closer I get to God, the easier life will be. You know, that is something that we all buy into. The closer we get to God, the easier life will be. I need to mention this because Jesus offers us not an easy life, but fullness of life. Nowhere in the Bible are we promised that there will not, we will not face problems, difficulties, troubles, trials and testings in this life. In fact, Job many centuries ago penned down these words and he said like this, For hardship does not spring from soil, nor does trouble sprout from the ground. Yet man is born to trouble as surely as Bird flies upward over our head. He makes that comparison but he says man is born to trouble. Job chapter 5 verse 6 and 7. The psalmist David in Psalm 34 verse 19 says A righteous man or a righteous person may have many troubles but the Lord delivers him from them all. Now, Jesus said these words in John chapter 16, verse 33. In this world, listen to it from our master's lips. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. What am I saying this morning, friends, as I mention these scripture verses? The reality Problems and difficulties that come our way. I'm saying there is no way you and I can escape problems, difficulties, troubles. It will come to us. But how we respond when faced with problem is very critical. And generally, our response when faced with problem is threefold. The first is we blame God. Now, we, many of us, hit out on God and blame God. We get angry with God for allowing problems to come into our lives. Sometimes God may be laughing at us when we do that. You know? But God, being a sovereign God, He doesn't get upset, friends. Being a sovereign God, he knows that these problems are allowed to come into our lives for our spiritual maturity and growth. To strengthen our faith and to trust in him. You see, friends, when God allows problems and trials to come our way, it is never intended to hurt us. In fact... God will never hurt us. Let me give you four reasons straight from Psalm 119 why God will not hurt us. Number one, because He is God. God's ways are higher than our ways. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Isaiah chapter 55. The name God or Yahweh Jehovah appears 24 times in Psalm 190. The psalmist is trying to draw our attention to something. And that is the psalmist has concluded and recognized that at, you know, after all is said and done, God is God. God is God. He will not hurt us because He is our God. Secondly, He made us. Look at Psalm 119 verse 73. Your hands made me and formed me. And even as I read that, I asked myself this question which I'm putting forth to you. Can he who made us hurt us? He will never. Because we are his choice creation. He loved us. He created us. Thirdly, He loves us. Psalm 119 verse 41, it says, May your unfailing love come to me, O Lord. You see, friends, when we love someone, we want the very best for them. And Jesus loves us. And he has the very best for us. And he wants the very best for us. Fourthly, he shows compassion to us. He is full of compassion. You know, look at... Psalm 119, verse 156, he says, Your compassion is great, O Lord. You see, friend, God's compassion always extends grace and mercy when we fall short in living up to God's expectation. Yes, there are times, dark times in our life. You know, there are times, uh, difficult times in our lives. There are times that we are overwhelmed by what we are going through to the point uh, we ask God, why God? Where are you God? And we begin to doubt God's word and his promise and his closeness. But because God is so rich and full of compassion, he extends grace and mercy. And if you have asked that question this morning, God has extended grace and mercy. He understands your humanness. He is right there. To help you understand his grace and mercy will come to heal you and strengthen you. You see friends, the Apostle James takes up this thought and tells us. The thought that the psalmist is talking about. God will not hurt us. He takes his thought up and in his book in James chapter 1 verse 16. The Apostle James tells us God cannot do anything but good. And therefore he goes to say, don't be deceived. A good God, our heavenly father gives good and perfect gifts to his children, to us friends. I want us to know this morning, friends, that God is not on trial during our trials. We are. We are. God is watching us. And people are watching us as to how we will respond. So in a way, when we face problems and difficulties, we are on the trial, but not, on, not God. And therefore this morning, don't blame God either for the problems you are directly responsible for. I say that because not all problems are allowed to come into our lives by God. There are problems that are our own creation. We are in problem because we have not followed certain things the way that God expected us. And so we get into problems. So don't blame God either for the problems you are directly responsible. Nor for the problems that God allows to come into your life. Endure them for your good. If the problems are your own creation, friends, then you must repent and ask God for forgiveness. He's a loving God. He's a God who forgives us. His grace is extended to us. His mercy reaches out to us. We come to Him just the way we are. The second response is, we quit. We give up. When confronted with problems, difficulties, trials and testings of life, we quit or we give up. You see, friends, the easiest thing to do when faced with problem is to quit our faith journey. You know we think contrary to the promise of God. You now we think God is not for me. He is against me, and so we give up. When actually God's promise says, if God is for us, who can be? Against us. That is the promise of God, friends. The truth that we need to know during our difficult time is, God is for me. God is for me. Somebody seated here, you need to know that promise. That God is for you will you turn to your neighbor and say god is for me turn again say god is for you thank you for doing that because that is the truth that we need to hide in our hearts you see friends when faced with problems don't quit friends don't give up god has promised never to leave us nor to forsake us His name is called Emmanuel. God is with us. This morning he is not only present here in our midst by his presence. But when he walked out of these doors, when he faced life outside of these doors, outside of these four walls, his name is called Emmanuel. God is with us, friends. So the second response is, we tend to quit our faith journey. But I want to bring you the third response, which is the correct response. The first two is not the correct response. The third response is, trust God. You know, We don't know what affliction the psalmist was undergoing, but he makes mention of it in verse 107, and he says like this, I have suffered much. Look at the language he's using. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, O Lord, according to your word. What is commendable about the psalmist is, he's so true about what he's going through in life. He's so transparent about all that he's experiencing in life. But what is commendable is, in those moments, the psalmist's trust in God and his word. We find that every experience is friends. He joins it with the word of God. With the word of God. He runs to the word of God. He talks about the word of God. Yes Lord I faced this in my life. uh, But I know your word has promised me this. uh, And I will hold on to your word. And so he talks about that. Is this commendable about him? For his trust in God and his word In fact, look at it. In verse 50, he mentions that he found comfort in the word of God. He took God at his word. And I want you to listen to the message version of the verses that we read, 49 and 50. Like this, he says, Remember what you said to me, your servant. I hang on these words for my dear life. These words hold me up in bad times. Yes, your promise, rejuvenate me. What a beautiful way he describes of his experiences, but of his strength in the word of God. But here is a bit of question I want to leave with you, friends. If you don't trust God and his word, you will trust someone else or something else. You see, friends, suffering, affliction, hardship, trials, whatever you name it, all have a way of directing the believers to look elsewhere for comfort or relief. For many, the first resort may be a doctor or a counselor or a best friend. And let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with that friend. But the question we need to ask as Christ followers is, Have I sought the face of God? The question that I need to ask myself as Christ follower is, have I been to Jesus and shared my heart to him? What I'm facing in life, what I'm going through in life, uh, the overwhelming thing that is happening in my life, have I talked to him about it? Am I depending upon God, his word concerning my problem? You see, friends, excluding God out or keeping him as a last resort during our difficult times can do two things. First of all, it will cause us to depend on others more than we should. And secondly, it will limit the power of God and what God can do for you and for me. Friends, what are you facing in your life this morning? I know that each Sunday morning we come here. We are so thankful to God that we can meet here. I wish we could take more time and talk to you personally and find out, you know, and you are able to share. We have prayer times. We invite you to come. But what are you going through this morning? Even if the pastoral team are not able To hear you out or know exactly what you're going through. I want you to know that Jesus is in our midst and he knows exactly what you're going through. So what are you going through? What are you facing in your life today? Are you overwhelmed by what you're facing right this moment? Are you at the point of breaking down, losing your faith or even giving up this morning? Let me invite you to find strength in God. And his word, friends, there is no alternative. God, his presence, his word will bring us strength. And therefore, the psalmist in Psalm 73 tried to exhort us in our times of problems and especially... When what happens in us and around us does not make sense, you must read Psalm 73, friends, because he concludes in those moments we need to put our confidence in God. And therefore his confidence in God comes out like this at the end of Psalm 73. He says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And the earth has nothing I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength and my portion forever. This morning, friends, God's word brings us comfort in our problem. Secondly, God's word brings us comfort in our pain. Now when the psalmist said in verse 49, listen to it. If you're following, follow with me. He says like this, you have given me hope. Now what is the hope he's talking about? This hope that he's talking about is all inclusive. Hope for all time and for every situation. Now how many of us like pain? Don't raise your hand. I'm sure that none of us like pain. We don't desire pain for ourselves, nor do we want to see others experiencing pain. There are many kinds of pain that we go through in life. But the two most crippling kind of pain, and you talk to people who have gone through that, friends pain of sickness and pain of separation or the death of our loved one. Uh, two weeks ago, Pastor Ivan shared with us a powerful message and encouraged us that God's word promises healing for our sicknesses. And we prayed for sick people. Many came back and you told how God healed you in response to your faith in God and the promises of God to heal you. Not only here, but many others we stood in the gap for. We prayed for them. But this morning, I want to briefly remind us of God's word bringing comfort to us in our time of grief, sorrow, and bereavement. Now this year, as a pastoral team, we had to stand with so many people, so many families in our church who had to say goodbye to their loved ones, I don't want to mention names, friend. If I mention name, I might leave out. But this morning, you know, some of you have attended the homegoing service. The many who was promoted to glory, the many families that were faced with grief, sorrow, and bereavement. This past week, you heard us pray for them, made the announcement. Robin Shah went to be with the Lord. Uncle Peter Bose went to be with the Lord. What am I trying to say this morning, friend? They are still hurting this morning and they are coping up with the pain of separation. Yes, friends, bereavement or loss of a loved one leaves us in a state of shock and profound grief and pain. I'm sure that all of us know that Grieving is a process. It will take time for the healing to come. But I want us to know this morning, even as many who have faced bereavement, loss, death in their family, God never wants us to carry that pain forever, friends. The hope that God wants us to hold on to is God has designed an eternity for his people. Those who love him and the doorway to that eternity is death or temporary separation. John chapter 14 verses 1 to 3 tells us very clearly that Jesus wants us where he is. Just before we could come in for second service, Pastor Ivan was mentioning to the pastoral team, now the messages or who's scheduled to speak on this Sunday is done much earlier. You know we didn't know that this message would be so appropriate for many of you seated here who have faced bereavement in your life, but God knew it, the Holy Spirit knew it. God's word brings comfort in our pain, friends. So I know there are families that are grieving the loss of your loved one even today. May I encourage you like the psalmist to find strength in God's word. Look at what the psalmist says in Psalm 119, verse 28, he says, My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your law. Is your soul weary from sorrow? This morning, friend. From the time you get up, the time you go down, go to sleep, the night, there is a nagging pain in your heart because you loved someone so much, he or she is no longer with you. Is your soul overwhelmed with sorrow? Are you weary with sorrow this morning, friends? Uh, I want you to encourage you to turn to the word of God and you will see the inner healing that will come to you, the inner comfort that God wants to give you and strengthen you from his word. It is what the psalmist says in Psalm 165. And he says, Great peace have they who loved your law and nothing can make them stumble. Great peace. God says, yes, I understand what you're going through. But if you allow my word to come and abide in you, in your thoughts, in your minds, you will find the peace of God that surpasses all of the overwhelming grief and pain that you're going through. The peace of God says you will not stumble. Now, the Apostle Paul says it different. He says it, nothing will be able to separate me from the love of God. And he mentions death. He mentions even in the loss of our loved ones, we are still able to say, God, you are God. I'm not able to understand, Lord. But I will read your word. I will allow your word to bring, bring me strength. Your love is something that I will hold on to. Nothing will be able to separate me from God's love. May I recommend to you, if you are the one who is faced with bereavement, sorrow, and grief, pain, three things, friends, may I recommend to you. Number one, run to where comfort can be found. You know, all real, lasting comfort has its source in Jesus. Jesus is our comforter. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, where we are invited by Paul to understand. He's saying, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and God of all comfort. Friends, allow Jesus to minister to you this morning. Find strength in the promises of God. The many promises of God that enables us to understand beyond our grief to the place that they have gone. and eternity that God has prepared for all of his children, those who love him. And the truth and the fact and the hope of seeing our loved ones again where we will be reunited to spend eternity together forever and rather. run to where comfort can be found secondly resist the voice of the enemy you see friends moments of sorrow are also moments of temptation You have an enemy who wants to use this moment to tempt you to question God's goodness and love and he will tempt you to make you become angry and bitter towards God. Be careful. Don't listen to the voice of the enemy. Resist him. Thirdly, remain faithful to God. If there's anything that our loved ones who have moved on preceded us, gone before us to meet Jesus. If there's anything that they want from us, is they want to see us there. If there's anything that they want want from us, is that we complete our faith journey on this earth. And so the writer of Hebrew picks that up and he says, run the race your faith journey with perseverance, keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. We looked at God's word brings comfort to us in our problem. God's word brings comfort to us in our pain. Let me conclude by saying God's word brings us comfort in persecution. You know, look at verse what the psalmist is saying in verse 86, friends. Look at it. He says, all your commands are trustworthy. God's word is, trustworthy. All your commands are trustworthy. And then he says, help me. He's talking to God. He's saying, help me Lord. For men persecute me without cause. Have you been there? Hmm? Men persecute me. When he says men, it's people. People persecute me without cause. And look at verse 87. He says, They almost wiped me from the earth. In simple language, I would have been killed by them when they were persecuting me. Persecution is not uncommon to us living in this land. You agree to me? Mm-hmm. You read about it in the newspaper, you see it in the news. In many ways, you get that emails. All of that is not uncommon to us living in this land. In many parts of our country, the followers of Jesus had laid down their lives. They were persecuted without any cause, friends. In fact, many of them laid down their lives because they loved Jesus and they will not deny him as their Lord and Savior. They were willing to pay that price. They were willing to pay the cost, not only in our country, But in our world, but I know this morning, based on God's word, whether persecution or no persecution, Jesus is building his kingdom. No one can hinder Jesus from building his kingdom and making his purpose known to his people, whether in India or any other part of our world. In fact Jesus said these words I will build my kingdom or I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Friends this morning I wish I could offer you a consoling response to persecution. I wish I can bring some comfort of another way for persecution. But I had to but I have to share and encourage you with what Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. He says, our response as followers of Jesus to persecution is different. It's different from the world. And so he goes on to write that. He says, but if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called. Remember? Jesus does not offer us an easy life, but a fullness of life. We are called to suffering. To this we were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Therefore, my response to us to persecution is leave the persecutor or persecutors in God's hand and pray for them, friends. This morning, there is another kind of persecution that is very hard to handle. In fact, more painful than the physical persecution. This kind of persecution that I'm talking about is the ridicule, the insult, the bad mouthing by those who are close to us, friends, whether in the family or whether in the household of God, those whom we call as the near and dear ones, when they are out to malign you, when they falsely speak against you, when they express hatred and anger towards you in response to all the good and goodness that they have seen from you, it is very hard It is a kind of trials and testing. It is very painful when you experience that, friends. But this morning, I love the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. Joseph experienced that in his life. Even though his own brothers hated him and finally sold him as a slave, you need to read the entire story, friends, to know that God was with Joseph and his favor rested upon Joseph. I want to encourage you, precious ones, if you're facing intense time of opposition from somebody close to you, even in an adverse situation which is unbearable, you're not able to bear it, this morning, don't despair. Remember, God is with you and for you. His grace will help you. His favor will come upon you. He will guide you. He will help you each day, friends, as you hold on to Him and to His word that says He will never leave us nor forsake us. There are only two ways to respond when we are persecuted the world's way, that is, retaliate. You know, do to them exactly what they did to you. Retaliate. But Jesus' way is love. You know, pray for those who persecute you. If you read Matthew chapter 5, you'll understand that, friends. Our response to those who persecute us is one of blessing, even as God blesses us. I want to close by reminding us that Jesus is here. God's Word, as you turn to it, as we turn to it today, as you turn to it every day, in your home, wherever you are, you have a free access to the word of God. I tell you, friends, on the authority of God's word, as you turn to God's word, you will find strength and comfort for your situation and circumstances that you confront. This morning, I don't know what you're going through but this morning, I know that Jesus is in our midst. He understands your pain. He knows your problems. He knows exactly how you have been persecuted this morning. But he invites us to himself this morning, friends. I want to leave with you one of his promises, And that promise is the eternal God is our refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. He is there to carry you.
0: Thanks for listening to this message from AG Kolkata. We hope you can stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by using at A-G-C-K-O-L-K-A-T-A. We would love to know how this message has touched your life. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing us at stories at agcolketta.org. Hope you have a great week ahead.